0: This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. And so back in December, when we talked about doing this series, we thought, you know, it would be nice... Right before the holidays, right before Thanksgiving and Christmas and things get ramped up and geared up and there's so much chaos and so much busyness and so much noise happening in our lives, it would be nice for us to sort of refocus and sort of um, recalibrate on rising above that noise and not allowing that to come in and just kind of drown out the voice of God. And so today we're in week three um, of our series. Uh, Week one, Rich started us off and he talked about hearing God he talks about how we need to hear the voice of God. And he gave us some examples and some ways that we could do that, you know, through God's word and through community and worship and all of that. And he said that we need to consistently sort of take up this posture of listening for the voice of God. And I think I remember he, he gave an example of he goes on walks and he goes on quiet walks where he just he, he listens for the voice of God, and he's out in nature, and he experiences God's creation and all this stuff, and it's a way that he sort of postures himself in a position to receive the voice of God. And so week one, we talked about that. That's on the podcast, centralchurch.cc slash podcast. You can get caught up on that and uh, last week's. Last week, we went week two, and we sort of dove a little deeper. We sort of uh, piggybacked off of week one and talked about how there are tons of different influences that are jockeying for our attention. There are a lot of different influences that are vying for the leadership of our life, the guidance of our life. These all these things that want to come in and call the shots and dictate how we do what we do, why we do what we do, when we do what we do. And so we were like, so how do we rise above the noise of the influences? How do we rise above that to where these things are not calling the shots in our life? And so we looked at Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 that says seek Uh, What is it? Seek God first. It's seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And Jesus is talking because people are responding to him at the Sermon on the Mount. They're saying, yo, I hear that you're saying I need to follow you. I hear that you're saying, you know, this, that and the other. But what about like eating and clothing myself and like my basic needs and all the things that are vying for my attention and vying for my decision making ability and process? What do I do with those things? And he says, you know what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all that other stuff will work itself out. And so we talked about rather than making Jesus at the top of our list, Jesus then this, Jesus then that, Jesus then this, Jesus then that, uh, we said that it needs to be the center of our orbit, right? And that Jesus is at the center of our life and it's Jesus in this, Jesus in that, Jesus in this, Jesus in that, rather than Jesus then. And so we talked through all of that. And so if you want to check that out, that's on the podcast as well. But today, what I want to do is this is not necessarily original content to hear at Central. We did a series on this stuff back in 2013, and then we did a series on it last year as well, but I think it fits really well with us in this idea of rising above the noise. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk about creating space to hear God. Week one, we talked about hearing God and the different avenues and ways that we can hear God. Week two, we said there's all this other stuff that's speaking into our lives. How do we listen to God's voice above and beyond all All of that, and so this morning what I want to do is I want to talk about creating a space that puts us in the posture to hear the voice of God, and I want to talk about margins in our life. Margins are like those things at the edge of the paper, you know, so you don't bleed over onto the, it's sort of like guardrails. It's Margins are the things that when you're in college, you make them just a little bit bigger. So your paper can be a little bit shorter, right? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Um, and so I want to talk about us sort of establishing some margins in our life because I think if we establish margins in our lives, it creates space for God to speak because so often things are so crazy that we don't have a chance to hear God's voice because we are non-stop. So my life, personally, is crazy. My life is absolutely bonkers, bananas, Crazy. So I I work here at the church and hold office hours here at the church and do all that and uh, you know prepare for Sunday mornings and and all things like that. But then I also have another job where I work for Help Me Grow, which is a nonprofit organization in Detroit in Wayne County, and I work with like fatherhood initiatives and empowering dads to be the best dads they can be in early childhood development and all that kind of stuff. So I split my time and I I do that as well. But then I'm also in my master's program. So I was in class yesterday from like eight to four um getting my master's of divinity and so i'm in the process of all that so i'm going to school and then if you don't know i have uh four children which are incredibly awesome but i'm pretty involved in what they got going on i coach all their teams and go to all their stuff and i'm like the dad at the birthday parties right it's like all moms and then like oh that kid brought his dad yeah i'm that guy you know so um i'm super involved in all of that um and many of you guys know this as well, my wife and I are uh, experiencing the ups and downs of foster care, and so we're fostering children as well. We're licensed for two kids uh, to do that. I'm coaching two basketball teams this winter. I'm coaching a middle school basketball team, and then I'm also coaching a team here in the city uh, for my kids and all of that, so I'm doing that. If you didn't know, we have six chickens at our house next door, which is bananas, as well. and the list keeps going. Um, I have two giant dogs, a golden doodle and a... Labradoodle that are like the sizes of small horses, right? They're like 100 pounds each and and just a a beast to to deal with. I have a absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, wonderful, brilliant, incredibly intelligent, uh, just fabulous wife who calls the shots in my life and keeps me on the straight and narrow. Hey, baby, I knew you were in your shot. She's wonderful, absolutely gorgeous and brilliant. Um, But, you know, I got got an awesome family. I lead two community groups here at Central. We got community groups and stuff. I got the basketball groups. I got the Thursday morning prayer group. Uh, I'm on the PTF at my kid's school, which is like the PTA or PTO or whatever they call it. And our kid's school is the parent-teacher fellowship. Uh, I guess it's because of Christian school. that They're the only people that use the word fellowship. Um, Them and Lord of the Rings, right? Lord of the Rings and Christians are the only people that use that word. But um, I'm I'm part of that at my kid's school. I have friends. So, like, my life is absolutely crazy, right? It's bananas. It's, it's like breakneck speed a lot of the time. But here's the deal. It's not lost on me that your life is crazy too, right? Your life is crazy. If you sit back and you had a conversation with somebody, you'd be like, yo, yeah, my life is crazy. I'm crazy busy. I'm crazy just like I got stuff going on all the time. I got people going on. I got stuff at work. I got stuff with my family. I got, you know, hobbies and, and all these different things. We have jam-packed lives, We really do. It's not lost on me. I'm not the only person in the room that has a jam-packed life. We all have jam-packed lives. It looks different. You may not have six chickens you got to feed, but your life is probably crazy as well. And so uh, it it makes me kind of want to ask the question, how many of you in here feel like you have a crazy life, feel like you're just, you're crazy busy, like life is just nuts. It's crazy, right? Okay. How many of you feel stressed? How many of you guys feel stressed out? Okay. More hands went up on the stressed out than the crazy life part. Okay. How many of you feel financial tension in your life? Okay. Yeah. That's funny. It, I I was talking to somebody and they were like, you know, it doesn't matter how much more money you make, that financial tension is always there because the more you make, the more you buy, the, <laughs> the bigger house you get, the newer car. And the, it's like the tension stays at this certain level. It's just like, it's, It's higher numbers. There's more zeros, I guess. But, um, you know, yeah, just about everybody in the room raise their hand for financial attention. How many of you wish that you had more time for yourself? Okay, yeah, everybody in the room for that one as well. How how many of you wish that you had more time for others? Okay, Yes. same amount, right? Like, we don't wake up thinking, man, I don't want to do anything for anyone else today. We think, man, I would love to do that. I just don't have time. Oh, I just don't have the resources. I just don't have the space in my life to do something like that. How many of you wish you had more time for God? Okay, why did half the hands go up? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, but we want that too. We don't wake up saying, man, I'm going to forget my devotions today. Man, I'm just not going to pray all day. It's going to be awesome. Right? We wish that we had more time for these things. And so what I want us to do is I want us to be able to live above the noise. And so what I want to do is I want to talk this morning about creating space to hear God. Creating space, creating margin, creating uh, this this like buffer zone, this sense of extra, so that we're not at our wits' end at all times, and we're not like full capacity, full throttle at all points of our life. So if something new comes on that we want to explore or to take on, we can't because we're already filled to the brim. So let's pray together, and then uh, we'll kind of we'll look at a story from scripture and kind of discuss this a little bit more. Let's pray, God. I thank you so much. Uh, for this series. I thank you so much for what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives and in the discussions of this series. God, I pray that over the last couple of weeks, we've been able to attune ourselves to hear your voice, that we've made ourselves, that we, we've, we've, we've cultivated sort of a posture in our lives to hear your voice, whether it be through spending more time in your words, spending more time in prayer, spending more time in worship, or just being intentionally quiet to hear you. God, over this past week, as we've processed through the different influences that are trying to guide us and that are vying for our attention, Lord, I pray that we've put into practice the seeking your kingdom first and your righteousness and allowing everything else to work itself out. God, this morning, as we pursue you and we look at our, we get sort of real with ourselves about our finances, about our schedule, about our time, about our attention, about our intention. God, I pray that we would approach you humbly and be willing to be shaken and stirred and, and moved by you. God, this morning I pray that we would experience true life change. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 I heard Bob say amen. Did the rest of, are the rest of you still praying? No, because I said everybody said, and Bob's like, amen. And that was it. Okay. I need some participation this morning, guys. This is the 9:15 service. I need you guys to, to be a little bit more hype than that. Is that okay? Is that all right? Can I get at least a head nod when I ask that? My goodness. Do we need to stand up and do some jumping jacks to get the, the blood flow in here? Um, all right. So here's the deal. So I want to ju- suggest the concept of margins this morning. Like I said, we've talked about this before. Uh, back in 2013, we did like a four-week series. And then in 2018, we did a four-week series on this. So I'm just going to give a kind of a quick overview but um, margin is essentially, we came up with sort of two definitions. Margin is essentially the amount available beyond what's necessary. A margin is the space, is the, is the, 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 the quantity that's available beyond what's necessary. Essentially, if you have $20 and something costs $15, how much margin do you have? $5, okay, math, 9.15 on a Sunday morning. Okay. $5 margin, right? That's, that's the amount that you have available beyond what is necessary. Necessary is $15. You have $20. You have a $5 margin. Or uh, margin is the difference between what you have and what you need. Margin is the difference between what you have and what you need. Not looking at a financial example, but looking at like a time example. If you have 30 minutes to get somewhere and it only takes you 20 minutes to get there. See, we're doing word problems this morning. Isn't this exciting? Back to fourth grade math. This is excellent. Um, if you have 30 minutes to get there, and it only takes 20 minutes, how much time margin do you have? Ten minutes. Yes, exactly. So it's the amount of excess that we have. But how does this play out in our lives? How does this shape our How does margin shift the way that we interact in life. How does margin shift the way that we respond to things or that we are pro- proactive about things? It's like showing up to a meeting five or ten minutes early, giving yourself that margin so that you're not stressed out, running in at the last second, disheveled, and not ready to go. Does that make sense? I was in the airport um, going to California with my son Jude for his 10-year-old birthday trip. And the irony of this is so great. But we had margin. We showed up early on purpose because I didn't want to be stressed running with a 10-year-old through the airport trying to make the gate, right? So we're waiting in line at the security stuff. We got our shoes off and our belts off and everything's in the bins. And this lady runs up frantically. And she's like, oh my gosh, can I get in front of you? Can I get in front of you? And like, the audacity of the people behind me, they, they said no. I was like, how do you say no to so?" Oh my God. I was like, hey, you can, uh, you know, yeah, you can go right here. And she's like panicked, freaking out, zero margin for this lady. She's like, my plane leaves from the gate in 10 minutes. And she's totally stressing out. Me and Judy are like, it's cool. Go ahead. You know, we got like an hour and a half. We're going to catch the McDonald's. We're good. And, um, you know, right? That's what you do. You get to the airport early and sit in McDonald's. And, um, it was The irony of this is so great. She was so stressed. She was so freaking out, all this stuff. And all, all these people are going through security. Guess whose bag got pulled for a random search? <laughs> the lady with no margin. And she is panicked and like tears are rolling down her face. She's like, I gotta go, I gotta go. That's an option to live that way and, and, and to, to experience life that way. That, that's, that's an option. Everyone's free to do that. But me and Jude were chilling, taking our time, joking with the security people, having fun, going through the thing where you go like that. I don't even know why you have to stand like this, but you do. I think they just like cause it look you look dumb when you do it. You're like right? Um, and we're taking our time, we get our shoes on, we get out of the terminal the thing before she even does. And she's just panicked and freaking out and all stuff. There is a way to go through life, but, but the margin is showing up early. So you don't have to be rushed. So you don't have to be stressed. So you don't have to be panicked. So your whole world doesn't turn upside down over getting to a flight, right? Or it's 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 having money left over at the end of the month. That's a thing. That's possible. That's a re- th- that happens for people. Margin is having money left over at the end of the month. We don't have to spend every single dollar that we get, right? Uh, my my my. Uh, I have a cousin. This is so strange. But I have a cousin who's a professional poker player, like, like legit, like on TV and all that stuff. And um, I, I was playing cousin. I was playing poker with a bunch of my cousins and stuff. I mean, not gambling because I'm a Christian, but uh, <laughs> I'm lying. We were totally gambling, and we were playing. And, and they were like, they were like, read poker books and stuff. They're super into it. I'm like, whatever, um, just take my money. And they said one of the big, big uh, principles in poker is it's not necessarily about how much money you receive during the poker game. It's about not losing your money. It's managing what's going out rather than what's coming in. Does that make sense? And so setting up this sort of financial margin where, yo, there's money left over at the end of the month. Living with margin, living with space and a buffer zone and sort of guardrails inside the danger zone is, is, is not living at the edge of morality all the time. It's not like, can I do this? Yes. Is it immorally wrong? No. But is it really, really close? Yeah. And so it becomes the question of not can I do this, but should I do this, right? If you're driving down the expressway, we talk, they talk about this, we've talked about this before, if you're, or you're on the side of a cliff and you have guardrails to protect you from the danger zone. The guardrails are not off the side of the cliff in the danger zone, right? Where if you hit the guardrail too late, you're off the, you're, you're off the mountain. The guardrails are two or three feet inside of the safe zone, right? So when you're making those curves, if you hit that guardrail, there's a buffer zone. You're not falling off into oblivion, Right? Setting up margin in our lives is doing the same thing with morality. It's setting up, setting up barriers and blockades and guardrails inside of the already safe zone so that when you hit those, you're not falling off into oblivion. There's a practical application of creating, creating space and margin. It's having two or three nights, three or four nights a week on your calendar where you don't have commitments and you don't have things planned so that you can potentially have space to be. Have space to chill. Have space to do something that may come up unexpected. It's creating that space and that's margin. It's, it's simply having time to think and to reflect and to dream. Because so often, we don't have the opportunity to think or to reflect or to dream because we're too busy. Do, 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 go, 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 go that we don't have time to sit back and even evaluate what we're doing and where we're going. Right? And so establishing this space is so important so important. It could be establishing time to have a significant time With God scheduling this prioritizing this rather than just talking to God uh, when you get pulled over by a cop God, please get me out of this ticket. I'll never speed again. I promise or uh, you know grace at dinner time And that's the only time we're talking to God But it's it's scheduling and planning and creating space for some significant time with God See here's the deal oftentimes we can't hear the voice of God and we can't rise above the noise because the noise never stops We're never in a place where things can just be, and so we can hear the voice of God, because there's so much noise all the time with everything, with our schedule, with our finances, with our work, with our family, with all the stuff that I listed at the front end of this, that everyone in here raised their hand and said, yeah, my life is crazy. And that's cool. That's cool. It's exciting. It's fun. Live life. I get that. I'm not saying you need to be a hermit. But at the same time, we need to create space for God to speak. We need to create space to hear the voice of God. We enacted this in our leadership here at Central um, a few months ago. You know, we, we, we have uh, Tuesday and Thursday our staff days where we have all of our part time staff and all, everyone is here. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, those are like the work days for for the whole team. And we were under this thing, you know, we get here at 9, and so we would have staff meeting right at 9, and then we'd have uh, departmental meetings after that, and then planning meetings, and then creative meetings, and just meeting, 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 okay, cool. Lunch, okay, meeting, 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 okay, see you guys later, see you Thursday, right? And that was the way we, and we were doing, 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 doing. And then a few months ago, we were like, wait a second, we don't really have an opportunity collectively to just, be with God, you know, because on Sunday mornings you guys get to come here and, and be with God, but the reality is Sunday mornings for us, for the lead team, this is work. Like we're not able to just free flow experience God. Yes, we get to experience God, but, but we have a purpose, we have a vision, we have a goal, we have a lot of things, a lot of things happening behind the scenes and all that that, that that we're working through on Sunday mornings, and so we don't really have a time collectively to do that. So what we decided is that the first hour, Tuesday and Thursday, 9 to 10, We shut everything down, we come in here, there's worship music playing, we put some guided prayer stuff on the screen, and we just be with God. We scheduled that. It's a time for us to pray, a time for us to worship, a time for us to journal, a time for us to evaluate different ministry things in our lives and in our departments, and a time for us to just create some space for God to speak so we're not so busy doing, 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 doing that we miss God. That makes sense? And so we we're very, very intentional about that as a church, as the leadership of the church, saying, yo, this is super important. Because like I said, oftentimes I feel like we can't hear the voice of God because the noise in our life never. Stops, And so there's actually a passage of Scripture, a story in Scripture that sort of speaks to this. And it's in the book of Luke. It's a, a gospel, and it's a story involving Jesus when he was uh, traveling and ministering and speaking and teaching and miracles and all this stuff is going down. And so in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38, it says this. It says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, meaning they were traveling from one destination to another in their you know, ministry journeys, He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And so they were staying with friends, staying with people in these different towns and villages and things. And it said she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked him. So Martha invites Jesus to come to her house and stay. By this time, Jesus is like a pretty well-known rabbi, teacher, uh, healer, like this guy that's going around teaching. He's getting a pretty big following. And so Martha's like, hey, I got, a, I got some space at my house. Why don't you and your disciples and people come and kind of stay with us and we'll take care of you and we'll feed you and all this. And so in preparation for that, she starts probably running around like a chicken with her head cut off, getting everything figured out. Oh my gosh, Jesus is coming. Jesus, the rabbi, the teacher, he's coming to stay at my house. And so I know that um, when we have like people over at my house, I don't know if you guys are this way or not, but we spend legitimately the whole day leading up cleaning. I have four kids, three of them are boys, and they think that peeing in the toilet is like a game, like a hula hoop process, right? I mean, there's like, there's just, it's just <laughs> everywhere, pee everywhere, right? And so we have to spend so much time making sure that you don't walk in and go, what, ha- wh- what happened? What right? Like, what? what's the plan here? What's going on? You know there's a circle in the middle of this thing you're supposed to hit, right? You know, they hit everything but the circle in the middle. And so, I mean, we spend so much time cleaning and preparation and vacuuming and lighting candles and doing all this stuff. And then when people get there, we're like, oh, sorry, we didn't really have a chance to, like, you know, make it, you know, it's, you know, it's a little dirty or whatever. It's literally the cleanest it's ever been in the history of our house. We're like, Oh, oh, yeah, we just, you know, we just kind of picked a few things up. You know, so there's like, and many of you who have people over, you understand this, right? Many of the husbands are like, yes, my wife makes me do it all the time. Um, but, you know, that's kind of the way that it goes down, right? And um, so I can imagine Martha's doing this. She's got somebody important coming over. And uh, we clean our house like that just for, like, friends and family to come over. Can you imagine if, like, a dignitary or, you know, your, fam- your favorite famous person or whatever was coming to your house? You'd be like, I got a man, this is, this is a big deal. And so uh, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. So, so Martha is like cleaning her tail off. I mean, like going hard, cleaning everything up. And Mary's just over there chilling, listening to Jesus. And so she comes to Jesus thinking, you know, Jesus is going to have my back. He obviously sees she's being lazy. I'm being awesome. She needs to get on my team and and get with this, right? So she comes to him and he says, hey, rabbi, yo, you're an authority. Tell her to get up and help me. There's so much to do. There's so much going on. There's so many preparations that need to be made. There's so much to happen here, right, to make all this happen. And Jesus says this. He says, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. He says, Martha, listen, Martha, you're freaking out. But the reality is Mary has chosen what is better. There's a better way to do this. There's a better option than being the lady at the airport that's running up frantic because she's going to miss her. There's a better way to do life. There's a better option to this. These two women had the same exact opportunity, right? The Son of God is present. Jesus in the flesh is there. He's present. Mary created a moment. Mary created space to take it in, to say, whoa, this is important. This is, this is divine. This is, this is, I need some space to be with God. Mary made, Mary had stuff to do just like Martha did, but she decided that in this moment, She wasn't going to do these things. She was going to create space for God. It said, verse 40, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that need to be made. Guys, how many of us fall into the Martha category as opposed to the Mary category? Oh, but there's just so much to do oh, there's so many things to happen, and we're so distracted, and and we're wigging out. I mean, Martha was distracted by good things. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that she was cleaning her house and making the food and preparing uh, for guests. and for These are valid, good things. And the things that are distracting you and pushing you to the limit are valid, good things. I'm not saying you're involved in bad things. But she was distracted by good things from the best thing. There was no margin there for her to experience Jesus when he was there with her in the flesh. She was so busy doing work for Jesus that she was missing Jesus. Do you see that? And so that's what we did as a staff on Tuesdays. We're saying, we're so busy doing work for Jesus, we need to pause and just be with Jesus. And it's the same with us in our lives. We're so busy doing all these other things that we're missing the opportunity, the space for God to speak. And then we say, well, why is God not speaking to me? Why am I not experiencing? Well, because there's so much other noise that we never kind of push back from. And so verse 40, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to get up. Martha was wholeheartedly believed that she was doing the right thing. She wholeheartedly believed that this is the way that it should go. I'm here working my tail off and she's lazy. Jesus, take my side. And Jesus comes back in verse 42 and he says, listen, she's made the better choice. She's created a space for God to speak. She's created a space. She has chosen what is better. And so we need to live above the noise. We need to make that choice so that we can consistently choose what is better. Like I said, it's not that these things that we're doing are bad. These things that are clouding our schedule and clouding our finances and clouding our time and our energy and our focus and our efforts and sucking it all out of us. It's not that they are bad things. It's just that oftentimes we find ourselves in a survive mode, right? We're just surviving until the next thing. We're survive, survive, survive. If we can create space and margin and guardrails and boundaries, it takes us from a survive mode to a thrive mode, where we have room and space to be, rather than just do, 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 do all of the time. And so I would encourage and I would challenge you to create margin create space in your life make yourself available live above the noise so that you can hear the voice of God so you can experience God and so there's a really practical biblical application for us to do this there's a very practical biblical instruction for us to create this margin and to create this space you you want to hear it it's in Psalm chapter 46 verse 10 and it's it's super complicated you ready Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Super complicated, right? Super daunting. A lot of work there. A lot of preparation for that. He says, be still and know that I am God. Create some margin in your overbooked, overstressed overcommitted and at times overwhelming life create some space be still and know that i am god create some space to hear god that means you're going to have to say no to some things that means you're going to have to re- recoil from a few things place some boundaries and guardrails inside of the safe zone financially with your schedule with your morality all across the board all the things that you're involved in. Create some space, some margin so that there's some wiggle room for God to move and God to use you. When we talk about our finances, you know, we always talk about how we want, none of us, None of us think, man, I don't want to be generous. I don't want to bless people. I don't want to change people's lives. But then when those opportunities come towards us, we're so extended in our finances that there is no margin, there is no space so that we can help. And we want to help and we desire to help, but we can't because we're living to the very edge all the time with no margin and no space. And so it's important for us to create this space. And so I've, we, we've done this challenge before, But I want to do it again as we're leading into the holidays because I think this could be a game changer for us leading into this holiday season. I want to challenge us for five minutes a day to be a human being, not a human doing. Okay? Five minutes a day. Be a human being, not a human doing. Set an alarm on your phone or put a note in your car or a card on your dresser or write it in lipstick on your mirror. However you can want to do this thing, right, to set a reminder for yourself that each one of us, every single day, takes five minutes and creates five minutes of margin. Five minutes of space where there's nothing. Just, just five minutes. There's 1,440 minutes in a day. Take five of them. 5 minutes and do nothing. 5 minutes a day don't don't produce anything. For 5 minutes. Don't produce anything. Don't do anything. For 5 minutes. Don't say anything. For some of you that's going to be the hardest part. <laughs> don't say anything for 5 minutes. Don't text or or type anything for five minutes take five minutes and create a space to hear God to just be still and know that he's God take five minutes out of 1,440 just take five start with five not saying you got to come in and spend the first hour of your day in total solitude and silence and meditation and prayer take five minutes, five minutes of margin and see if that doesn't change the way you view the rest of the day the way that you approach the rest of the day, just five minutes. That five minutes might turn into six, might turn into 10, might turn into 15. It might radically and drastically absolutely change your life. But imagine the questions from the beginning. What if if there was a different answer to those when I asked those things? If I said, how many of you guys have a crazy life? And you said, yeah, I, I do, but I have joy and I have a clear purpose. And there's a purpose and a reason why my life is crazy and what I'm involved in. And I'm intentional about these things and there's margin there. What if I said, how many of you guys are full of stress? Your life is full of stress. And you said, well, some, but I have peace and I have focus and I know what I'm doing. Yeah, things can get a little crazy here and there, but but there's margin there, there's space there. I don't feel like I'm overwhelmed and I'm just surviving. What if I said, Yo, how many of you guys have financial tension you say, well, yeah, you know, there's always going to be some financial tension, but, but I have peace, and I have clarity, and I have a plan, right? We do this thing around here called Financial Peace University. Uh, I think we're launching it in our January um, semester of our community groups. And it's just, it's this idea because finances and peace are oftentimes oxymorons with one another. They're kind of the antithesis of each other. Not a lot of people think finances and think, oh, that's so peaceful. No, it's stressful and it's crazy. But what if we went at this thing with intention and created margin in our finances so that, yeah, there's some tension, but there's peace and there's clarity there. What if I asked you, do you, do you have enough time for yourself? You said, yeah, I do. Do you have enough time for others? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Do you have enough time for God? Yeah. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I do. What if those were your responses? Those can be your responses. If we establish some guardrails, some boundaries, and some margin in our life, if we can create some space for God to speak, to rise above the noise of all the other stuff that's all the time, and we can just be still and know that he's God and create space for him to speak, create space for him to use us, create space for him to move, create space for him to lead, guide, and direct us, To create space for him to change us and shape us and mold us. But I want to challenge you to start with five minutes, just five minutes a day. And so I've invited the band to come up and lead us in another song for you to kind of do some business with God, for you to do some processing on your own, because it's going to take some time for you to sit here and think, okay, why do I do what I do? All the things, that you've got to do a little bit of an inventory here. What is essential what is it that really stresses me out, and I'm doing it for no reason? How can I, how can I just relinquish the responsibility there and create some space in my life, some margin in my life? How am I spending my dollars? Am I giving account for every dollar that comes in, and giving every dollar a name and giving it a purpose, so that I'm not just wasting? And then I look at my bank account, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I spent seven thousand dollars this month on Tim Hortons coffee. What is going on, right? Or are we intentional? I mean, is that, can I get an amen, amen, amen? I don't even drink coffee. I look at it and go, Amber. You are solely funding the Madison Heights Tim Hortons. What is going on, right? I mean, are are we giving every dollar a name? Are we intentional about our finances to create margin so that God can use us when he wants to use us? And we can be a generous people when God has called us to do so because there's margin there. So my challenge for you is to do an inventory and say, God, you know, where do I need to create space? Where do I need to create margin so that I can hear your voice, so I can be used by you in the way that you want to use me. And I would challenge you to start with five minutes a day. Let's pray together. God. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.